0: Good morning to everyone. We welcome you to Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church here just outside of Garysburg, North Carolina, uh, in beautiful Northampton County. We are so blessed and we are so honored that you are making time on your busy Sunday morning to come and worship with us. I want to thank the Lord again for uh, Miss April Allen and Mr. Derek Buffalo and Deacon Woodrow Hardy Jr. We call him Sonny for being with me here in the house of the Lord uh, as we continue to uh, have these services and use the technology that God has blessed us with uh, to go forward with his word. Uh, Before we get started this morning, I want to make two quick announcements. Um, I want to say, first of all, that it's so important, so important that we take seriously completing the census Uh, The census is very important for so many reasons, and I don't want to get into all the politics of it. But the main thing you need to know is this, how your state and federal government uh, decides to fund, to send money into your locality uh, is based on the census. So if you have not taken time to complete a census in your home, please do so. And let me share with you a number you can call so that you can complete the census on over the phone. Uh, that number is one 330 2020 Again, that number is one 330 2020 And you can go to all of our Roanoke-Salem social media uh, platforms and you will see the number listed there. Um, Oh, let me give you the link as well. It is my2020census.gov, my2020census.gov. Again, you'll find both that 800, that that you'll find with that toll-free number that I just gave you, and you'll find this link uh, for online on our Roanoke-Salem social media platforms. The second thing I want to say very quickly is that we have to remember that is so important that we register to vote in the November elections. So, if you have not done so, go register. If you're not sure, take the time you need to call or go back to your uh, county uh, voting uh, headquarters, the, um, the office of, for, for voting, and make sure that you are registered and that you will be legally uh, able to vote in the November election. So with those two things in mind, you know, part of being uh, doing God's work is that God is concerned about the whole man, and it is our civic duty, and it is our spiritual duty because government was set up on the shoulders of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us. So it is, in fact, part of our responsibility as Christians uh, to be engaged in these ways and to carry forth. Uh, out by voting, and again, by also making sure that we have registered and completed the census. Um, Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now for this time to preach and to teach. I pray that you will help me teach and preach with clarity and conviction. Use me as you will, Holy Spirit, that you and Jesus and the Father will be glorified, and we pray that lives will be positively changed. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, church family, on this beautiful third Sunday in the month of July, uh, I want to share with you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. Isaiah, chapter 54. And we're going to look at verses 14, 15, and 17. I'm reading this from the uh, New International Version of the Bible, Isaiah, chapter 54 verses 14, 15, and 17, and this is what it says, beginning with verse number 14. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. Verse 15 says, If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. And then finally, verse 17. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Let us reason together from this thought. We are anchored in the Lord. We are anchored in the Lord. As we continue to live through some of the most chaotic and confusing days in the history of this nation. I I believe that there may be millions, tens of millions or more people who are struggling to not give in to fear and anxiety. And, And it's very understandable that people are fearful and people have anxiety about what may happen and what we are experiencing right in this point in time. None of us can know for sure how much more our lives will be changed but we know already that life in this world will never ever be the same as it was before COVID-19. I think it's safe to say that in these turbulent times most people are looking for someone or something to reassure them that everything will be all right. In our 24-7 24 hours a day, seven days a week, social media age. The internet right now is flooded with individuals and, and groups who are offering different views on ways to find a peace of mind. Psychiatrists and sociologists and psychologists and medical doctors, all, all these folks have acknowledged that there's so much uh, emotional and mental turmoil and unrest and And people are just looking for a way to feel some kind of peace. And there are all kinds of folks out there saying, do this and do that. And people are talking about, come meditate with me. And I've created meditations for every day of this month and and all kinds of things. I'm, I'm not knocking all of that. Because all of us are free to believe whatever we will. What I know to be true is this. When you are anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ you can have peace of mind and even prosperity during times of trouble. Let me say that again. When you're anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have peace of mind and even prosperity even during times of trouble. I believe what people everywhere need to know right now is a relationship with Jesus Christ is the best Thing that we could do for ourselves. Why? Because Jesus is the solution to our personal and to our global problems. Now, now I want to use these passages from Isaiah that I read to you to, to further my, my, my thinking and my point that I'm, I'm making on this morning. Many of us know that Bible scholars call Isaiah a major prophet. In fact, some believe he is the greatest prophet. Um, Jehovah God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he used Isaiah and the other prophets to tell people back then and today what he wants us to know. In chapter 54, Isaiah chapter 54, Isaiah prophesizes about the glorious future of the Hebrew people. Now, that was important because At the time, the Hebrew people were enslaved by God because of their collective sin. I need to remind us, and I'm talking to myself first. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else. I'm starting with Edwin. A holy God cannot and he will not tolerate sin. I've said it many times before. My simple definition of sin is if what I think, what I say, what I do is contrary to God's word, it's contrary to God's commands, then I'm in sin. That's a simple definition. If, if what I think, the things I think, the words I say, the words I use in my daily conversations, and my actions, my behavior, my, be, my actions, if any of, in any of those three ways, if what I think, say, and do is contrary, if it goes against what God says is right, then I'm living in sin. All of us need to examine our own lives and be honest with ourselves about any sin issues we may have. And and I can speak from personal experience, and I'm telling you from personal experience, God's punishment for sin can be very painful, and it can also be very destructive. I I, want to say that. I don't say that to scare anybody. I don't say that trying to intimidate anybody. I don't say that trying to coerce anybody into believing anything. I'm just telling you what I know to be true, and I know there are hundreds of thousands of millions of people around the world who will tell you from their walk with the Lord, they know it to be the t- true as well. And by the way, all of us are under God's authority. Whether you are Christian or not, you're still under the authority of Jehovah God. But I want to say at the same time, While God's punishment can be painful and destructive, Jehovah God is a loving God. Amen. He's a gracious and merciful God. Amen. The Bible tells us that God's anger does not last long. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. God is quick to forgive us when we ask him to forgive us. He's faithful to fully restore our right standing, He's faithful to reconcile our relationship with him. That means that when he does that, he's going to begin to shower us again with all of his blessings and his favor. Now, here's how everything that I've just used as this, this setup, here's how it applies to your life. If we go to Isaiah chapter 54 and look at verse 14, God says that the Hebrews will be established in righteousness. Righteousness. Amen. That's important because Jehovah God is the one who establishes righteousness in this world. It's not any court anywhere in the world. It's not any group of people. It's not our celebrities. It's not anybody but God himself. So what God says is holy and right, that's what's holy and right. Anything else, is not. Again, believe what you will, but it is what it is. We, when we give our lives to Jesus— we become righteous. That doesn't mean we're always good and we're always holy. It means we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It means we're covered by his goodness. We're covered by his righteousness. Righteousness, And guess what? It's permanent. It's permanent. When we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, it's just like a, 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 a paint that you can never erase. You can never wash it off of you. You may not always look and act like you are holy and righteous, but you are because of what he did on the cross and not because of how we may or may not behave and conduct ourselves day by day. When when God establishes righteousness in us and we become righteous through our faith in Jesus, it, it means that we can still sin, but we can also recover from our sins. And here's the thing that's so wonderful about this relationship. And it's a supernatural thing. The deeper we learn to love Jesus, the less we will engage in sin. I I don't know how it happens. I just know it happens. The less we will want to sin, the more that we fall in love with Jesus. Let me say this. Even if you believe that COVID-19 and and the social unrest and and our failing economy, even if you believe that all of those things are God's way of punishing the world for our sins, Isaiah chapter 54 reminds us that God will forgive us, and he will restore us, and he will establish us in his righteousness through our faith in Jesus Christ. We have to understand, church family, no matter what goes on around us, we are anchored in the Lord. In in Isaiah 54 14, God also told the people that he will remove both tyranny and terror far from them. Now let me go back and share this. Tyranny is is an evil or corrupt government or some type of governing authority. So if you're under tyranny, it's from some authority that's over you. It could be, and in most cases, it is government or some type of uh, some individual or some group of folks who are making decisions that, that uh, dictate how you live your life. And then terror is uh, just living in constant fear. You are in terror when you are in constant fear. So, so God said in Isaiah 54, 14, that he's going to remove both tyranny and terror far from us. And I know factually that most of us in the body of Christ, we are not worried about what our political leaders are saying or doing. On, on either side, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, we're not worried about what those folks are saying or doing. We're not living uh, in fear about our future. We trust in Jesus Christ every day, and we keep it moving. That's how we're rolling. I know, I know some of us may be not quite there yet, but most of the body of Christ, since this thing has started, our faith and trust has continued in Jesus Christ and we're not worried about what happens uh with elections we're going to do our civic duty and our spiritual duty and vote and be engaged but but we're not going to let what we think and believe and and our confidence be hung up on the outcome of an election no ma'am no sir we got our faith in Jesus and we're going to keep it moving now that doesn't mean that um that uh we won't have our trying moments But when we do, God, the Holy Spirit, reminds us of how good Jesus is to us. And that completely turns us around and our joy returns to us. Verse number 15, Isaiah 54, 15. God says if his righteous people are attacked in any way, he says he's not responsible for it. Everyone who believes that this pandemic is from God, I want you to just think about that statement for a second. And I know the, 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 those who are very much more learned than me may say, well, Horsley, you're taking that completely out of context. And, 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 and if you believe I am, you know, we can sit down and we could communicate by social media or email or something and, and we could have that discussion. But, but for today, I'm going to say it. I want you to think about that. God said in verse number 15 that his people, he said his righteous people, if we are attacked by, by, by in any way, he says he's not responsible for it. And God says whoever or whatever attacks his righteous people will surrender to us. Now, he didn't tell us we have to do any fighting because he'll fight our battles if we choose to let him fight our battle. If we let Jesus fight our battles, we will always win. I know that's right because in verse number 16, the one that I did not read, I read 14, 15, and 17, but in verse number 16, God reminds us that he has all power, including the power to destroy. Listen, let me just say this very clearly. If God decides to destroy humanity, all of us will be wiped out, period. That's the end of it. If God ever decides that he just wants to destroy humanity, every one of us will be wiped out. But he hasn't decided that yet. Here's an example of Jesus' power found in the NIV, uh, Colossians 1 and 6, and this is the NIV, says, for by him, talking about Jesus, for by Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Jesus and all things were created for Jesus. Doesn't matter what may be happening in our lives, we should never fight back. When we're being attacked, listen to me carefully, my brothers and sisters in Christ, when we're being attacked, we should never fight back unless the Holy Spirit tells us to fight back. If the Holy Spirit directs us to do whatever, then that's what we do in response to someone attacking us. And I don't mean physically attacking, I'm talking about maybe attacking our character, attacking our our nature. But most of the time, all we just need to do is be still and know that Jehovah is God. And we need to be reminded at all times that we are anchored, we are anchored in the Lord. Verse 17 says, we are told that that no weapon forged against you will prevail. Now, that's from the NIV. Most of us know the King James Version because that's more popular. It's known around the world. King James Version of verse 17 says, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. It says, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. This verse informs us of two important points, two important facts. Number one, weapons will be formed against us. And number two, those weapons will not defeat us. Amen. Hallelujah. Weapons in this case uh, uh, might be lies that people tell about us. Weapons could be how people misrepresent things that we said or things that we did. Uh, People will misrepresent what we say and do. People will lie on us with the intent to discredit our characters. Amen. And I need to remind us, brothers and sisters, that When we are bold enough to speak out for what Jehovah God says is right, we will be persecuted, especially in this world and especially in this country where everything goes and you just do you and you live every how you want to and you roll like you want to because it's your right to do so. When you stand up and say boldly and without flinching, thus saith the Lord, you will be persecuted. Some people hate to hear Christians saying that Jesus Christ is the solution for our personal and our national and our global problems. There are people who hate us when we say those words. And and we expect, we can expect to be persecuted sometimes by non-Christians. But sometimes our persecutors are other Christians. Amen. Our brothers and sisters in Christ who, who may disagree with us on some fundamental Christian point of view but let me be clear whether it's a non-christian or whether it's another christian if god allows people to shut my mouth he will not allow people to stop my mission amen if god allows people to shut my mouth to to quiet my voice he will not allow people to stop my mission I, i agree with pastor rick rigsby Pastor Rick Risby in Texas. I agree with him and so many others who are saying that this pandemic is the perfect time to share our faith in Jesus Christ with unsaved people. In the midst of all this chaos and confusion and turmoil and and unrest, this is the perfect time for we as Christians to share our faith in Jesus Christ with the unsaved. I'm still in verse number 17. Not only will no weapons harm us, God says that we will be able to rebuke people who are trying to discredit us. Amen. We will be able to defend ourselves with power from God, the Holy Spirit. We know that when we get saved, God, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells with us, and he remains with us until the Lord calls us out of this world. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12, Jesus himself said this. He said, when you are brought before synagogues and rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Jesus said that. So don't worry about when, pe- when, when you get brought before some authority for whatever reason or some group you, you put on blast. Jesus said, don't worry about how you're going to defend yourself and what you're going to say, because at the moment that you need to say something and speak up, the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what you need to say. And I think it's in Mark, it says the Holy Spirit will speak for you in those times. In the last part of verse number 17, God says his, his righteous people have a heritage. From him. In other words, he's saying that the heritage is a history of God defending his people as we are engaged in doing his work. Look how he took care of Moses from the time he was an infant boy. Uh, look how God blessed and, and took care of Esther to go into her husband's uh, inner chamber, the king, which she was not permitted to do, but she did so in confidence. She fasted and prayed, knowing God was going to protect her, believing he would. She went in there, and then she was able, God used her to turn the situation around and save her people. Look at how God protected Daniel and his three friends, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was their, uh, their Babylonian names. We, and we did a whole series, I did a whole series on, on Daniel just last month. But look at how God protected uh, Daniel as he engaged in doing God's work. Look at how God took care of Peter got him out of jail one night when he was supposed to be in jail, was in jail. God came and sent angels and got him out of jail. Look at how God took care of the apostle Paul, the one who was the greatest chief sinner against the gospel, became the greatest evangelist the world has ever known. And, and, and finally, God says, still in verse number 17, finally God says that he will vindicate us. People may condemn us, but Jesus will overrule their decisions and he will declare us not guilty before the world. I-, I leave us with this. I leave us with this thought. As the Lord provides us with opportunities in these difficult days, we must share Jesus Christ with everybody who will listen. Amen now. I'm not saying you got to go out and be a street evangelist, and the Lord may, Holy Spirit may direct you to do that too, but God's going to provide you opportunities through the course of your daily living, to share him because he didn't didn't save us and leave us here to do nothing. He saved us and he's leaving us here to spread the gospel. And maybe your assignment is just one person, but that's okay. You be ready to share Jesus with that one person when the opportunity is presented to you. We must share Jesus with people during these difficult days. We can be bold and courageous because we know we're anchored in the Lord. We can be bold and courageous because we know we are anchored in the Lord. Jesus Christ himself was anchored in his faith, in his Father. Amen. That's why he went to that cross. That's why he said when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was wrestling against his human nature and his divine nature, but ultimately he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's why he went on to that cross. He was anchored in his faith in God the Father, the Lord, Jehovah God. He let men pierce him in his side, and he still remained anchored in the Lord. He gave up his life on that cross, anchored in the Lord. He went down into a borrowed tomb and stayed there and rose again on the third day morning. All that time, Jesus was anchored in his faith. In his father, Jehovah God. Amen now. And now he has all power. All power belongs to Jesus Christ in heaven, on earth, under the earth. He can do anything but fail. What's impossible with man is possible with Jesus Christ. And those of us who are saved, who have humbled ourselves and given our lives to Jesus, now we have direct access to the favor of God, the power of God, the promises of God. We can be bold and courageous in speaking up for Jesus Christ even now in these difficult days and in this lost and dying world because we're anchored. We're anchored in the Lord. Don't don't forget that, church family. No matter what's going on around you, don't you forget that you are anchored in the Lord. Father, I thank you for this opportunity again to preach and teach your word. And I just pray, as I said in the beginning, uh, that you will remind us how much you love us and that you have a mission for each of us. And that is to serve you faithfully. Lord, whatever sins we've committed against you, we ask for your forgiveness now. Use us to glorify yourself and bless people. Amen. If you're unsaved and you've been convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit to become a Christian, Will you please repeat this very simple prayer right after me lord jesus i am a sinner forgive me for my sins i believe you are the son of the living god i believe you rose from the dead i ask you now to be my personal lord and savior in your name jesus i pray amen if you prayed that prayer according to the word of god you are not saved you are now part of the body of christ and you have access to all the promises and all the favor of God. And God will use you to be a blessing to others. And you begin to walk in that because it's going to happen. I'm going to give the benediction. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of His Holy Spirit, rest ruined about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.